0: How Pakistan Got Divided Major General Rao Farman Ali Khan 298 pages Oxford University Press Pakistan ISBN number 978-0-19940698-2 published in 2017 Now this is yet another disappointing book that Pakistani writers right to rationalize the separation of east pakistan and creation of a new state bangladesh in 1971 the real causes are simply whitewashed and not even discussed this book does so again and it is a you know it was an exercise in futility reading this book you know the book is divided in 17 chapters but only one chapter deals in a very vague and rudimentary manner with historical background. The remaining chapters are devoted to 1970 elections and its aftermath. This is a rather ultra-myopic way of writing history. The bottom line of the whole issue was that ethnicity was the defining factor in Indian-Muslim relations. Starting 1906, Indian Muslim politics was dominated by the United Provinces U.P. Muslims when All India Muslim League was created in 1906 with Bengalis in the forefront. It was hijacked by the U.P. Muslims and its headquarters shifted to Aligarh in 1907 from Dhaka. Bengalis were regarded as an inferior Dravidian race. The watershed was Lucknow Pact, where under stewardship of Mr. Jinnah, without even discussing the matter with Punjabi or Bengali Muslims, a twin thrust in the back, a twin stab in the back was delivered to Punjab and Bengal, Punjab's Muslim legislative majority being reduced from 54 to 50% and Bengal's Muslim majority reduced from 52 to 40%, all being done by an All India Muslim League that contained 90% delegates from Lucknow City and UP. Chaudhry Khaliq zaman a UP Muslim leader in his book Pathway to Pakistan, severely criticized Lucknow Pact and Mr. Jannah and termed it as an act of Muslim political inexperience. As a result of Lucknow Pact, Bengali Muslims were reduced to 40% and were severely destabilized and could not form any stable government in Bengal from 1936 when first elections were held in India right till 1947. The Punjabi Muslims were also destabilized but managed to survive by forming the Unionist Party which was an agriculturist party of combined Muslim, Hindu, and Sikh agricultural interests which defeated the All India Congress in the Punjab elections. When Pakistan was created, Pakistani politicians from West Pakistan deliberately delayed constitution making as they did not want to concede to Bengalis their 54% majority This situation lasted for 9 years when Bengalis were forced, literally at gunpoint, to accept 50% legislative representation. However, this imperfect and unjust arrangement, which could be tried in elections scheduled in 1959, was not even tried, and martial law was imposed in 1958. This martial law laid the foundation of secession of East Pakistan as it shifted the center of gravity irrevocably to West Pakistan. The situation of that time had parallels in what happened in United Punjab in 1920s. The Punjabi Hindus, who were financially and educationally far superior to the Punjabi Muslims, regarded Punjabi Muslims as politically, educationally, and economically inferior. And in 1921, Punjabi Hindus raised a political demand that if Punjabi Muslims were to get their due 54% majority in any legislative arrangement, Punjab should be partitioned. We find similar sentiment in West Pakistan's newspaper articles of 1950s where West-Pakistani writers stated that if East-Bengal was to get their true majority in parliament, Pakistan should be a confederation, just like Sheikh Mujib was to recommend many years later in his Six Points. The background to this was simple. The West-Pakistanis, Punjabis and UP-Muslim immigrants indeed dominated the civil service and army, and thus the decision-making processes of the new state, called Pakistan. Once martial law was declared, this domination became too extreme and pronounced, as the army and civil services were overwhelmingly dominated by West Pakistanis, particularly from Punjab. Interestingly, when the second martial law was declared, General Yahya Khan, who was not a Punjabi, knocked out 50% parity, restoring 54% Bengali Bengali majority, which was Bengali's due right from 1947. This drastic, albeit just change was not acceptable to the West Pakistani politicians or to the army, and this led to the secession of East Pakistan. But our dear author, Major General Rao Farmanali, Faults only Yaya Khan and Zade Bhutto and Sheikh Mujib and above all blames Indian conspiracies in all of his 17 chapters a rather shallow analysis. Rao Farman Ali delivers personal attacks on character of Lieutenant General Niazi, but fails to note that Pakistan army had no strategic plan to save East Pakistan. Rao Farman Ali fails to note or admit that no Pakistani general was willing to take over the East Pakistani command and Niazi was sent to East Pakistan being the junior most as a scapegoat. While Indian General Kendeth in his book Western Front states that September-October 1971 was the crucial strategic window in which if Pakistan had launched a pre-emptive attack, East Pakistan could have been saved. However, our gunner General Rao Fruman Ali myopically offers no worthwhile or serious strategic analysis rather than petty pinpricks that all happened as General Niazi was a man of bad character and was a womanizer and similar allegations. He hoodwinks the fact that Pakistan Army was strategically clueless about defending East Pakistan from day one when Pakistan was created. My father, who served as GSU 2 operations of 16th division in East Pakistan in 1971 states that there was no plan to defend East Pakistan and this so-called fortress defense only envisaged six weeks of fighting after which everything would have collapsed. Rao Farman's hopes that ceasefire could have saved East Pakistan are also quixotic. Why on earth would India accept a ceasefire when it was winning the war and was about to impose the ultimate humiliation of surrender on the Pakistan army? A humiliation that to date scars and haunts the Psyche and Character of Pakistan Army. As we read Rao Furman Ali's book, we gain the impression that this is a narrative full of rants of a barren old woman beating around the bush, avoiding facts, distorting reality. This is what Rao Furman Ali does all along in this book. This remains our tragedy, not admitting the truth. This is another hogwash and it is an exercise in futility to even read this nonsense narrative of Major General Rao Farman Ali. Total waste of time.